0: This is Burst News.
1: Good evening. Coming up tonight, new video shows British hostages.
0: And revelations over Nimrod crash.
1: US intelligence approves Iran's nuclear programme.
0: And in local news...
1: In local news, two men get the freedom of the city.
0: And in sports, England collapse in candy.
1: A new videotape has been released by the kidnappers of five British men in Iraq, who were seized in May. The men, mostly security guards, are being held by a group calling itself the Islamic Shiite resistance. The tape is dated the 18th of November. In it, one of the kidnapped men says that no one cares that he and the four other men have been held for 173 days. The kidnappers demand that British troops withdraw from Iraq within 10 days of the 18th of November, but they don't actually say what will happen to the hostages if if their demands aren't met.
0: So what are the British government doing about this?
1: Well, the Foreign Office has condemned the release of this video, which was shown on the Al Arabiya uh, TV station network, saying that it will cause unnecessary distress for the families of the kidnapped men. Um, Regarding the militia's demands, it is a point of principle with most governments, particularly in the West, not to bargain with hostage-takers. And the Foreign Office has said that this case will be no different, and it has called for the unconditional release of the five men.
0: Iran has apparently welcomed a recent U.S. intelligence report which concluded to be satisfied that the Middle Eastern country was not using nuclear research for weapons purposes. Tehran has always maintained its nuclear program was solely for peaceful purposes. Yet there has always been critics of President Ahmadinejad. Uh, go on. It, Ahmadinejad.
1: Ahmadinejad. I always think it, reminds, it uh, rhymes with I'm a jacket. Well, there we go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and his, and his um, intentions... Iran is still under UN Security Council and unilateral US sanctions for its continuing nuclear programme.
1: An MAD board of inquiry has found that the crash of an RAF Nimrod reconnaissance plane, in which 14 airmen died, was caused by a fuel leak after air-to-air refuelling. The Nimrod fleet is over 40 years old and has been subject to scrutiny in the past few months as its problems increase. However, the Defence Minister, Des Brown, insists that the fleet is still safe to fly. Now, the Nimrod plane is crucial to British forces for tactical reconnaissance, i.e. receiving messages from troops on the ground and relaying them to other troops. It was a maritime reconnaissance and anti-submarine plane during the Cold War, and it's now used in Afghanistan and also in the UK for maritime search and rescue. Defence Minister Des Brown has apologised to the families of the 14 victims of the 2006 crash, most of whom were based in RAF Kinloss. He has also promised a review of the arrangements to ensure the safety of the Nimrod plane. Um, I do actually have to um, give a shout out to my dad for that because at quarter past four, when I was writing this story, I didn't have a clue what a Nimrod plane was or what it did. So I texted him going, um, "Help!" So thank you very much, Dad, for providing me with all the uh, info for that. Apparently, he did a project when he was seventeen on it. Oh, that's
0: excellent. Um, the only thing is, I wish we could have him in the studio now to answer the question. I know. What? How can you say that it's a forty-year-old plane, yet at the same time, it's crucial to the British? Defence. I mean, surely the, the, there's something wrong there. The Ministry of Defence should not be relying on age-old technology.
1: That is the problem. Yeah. I mean, there are um, there are new um, reconnaissance planes being built at the moment. The problem is they won't actually be ready for another 12 years, which means that the RAF and the British services, which are being stretched more and more at the moment, will have to continue relying on these, quite frankly, you know, scientifically faulty planes. You know, unfortunately, this crash in Afghanistan in 2006 um, was not the first um, instance of a fuel leak, which caused um, an explosion. And unfortunately, as the, you know, as the fleet gets older, you know, problems could only get worse.
0: Well, without any, missing any disrespect towards Mr Andrews, I'm sure he's a very young man, I do think it's, it's quite... <laughs> yeah. as, a, as a 17-year-old doing a project, he probably would have been doing that project before many of the men who lost their lives exactly. last year were actually yeah. even born, mm. which I think really is shocking. And where is the government spending the money instead?
1: That's the problem. You, know, you do have to wonder. I mean, these planes were used in the Cold War... So, you know, they're not the most, uh, the most new of the, uh, of the fleet. So it does make you wonder what on earth, you know, the British defence budget is being spent on.
0: Well, we found one way the government is raising money but not spending on defence budget because recent reports show that almost 2 million speeding tickets are being issued each year. Assuming the fines are all £60, pounds, this equates to £115.2 million pounds a year of extra revenue for the government. The Conservatives hit out at the, at the government this week, this week, claiming these figures of the fines were showing just a way, another way the government is raising revenue and not saving lives.
1: Have you ever been flashed? I mean, by a speed camera. <laughs> <laughs> you never know.
0: Well, uh, I have been flashed by a speed camera, but I've never been issued with a ticket. No. Nice. So I think it was... Um, I think it was a misunderstanding, and I'm a perfectly safe driver and advocate nothing but safe usage of m- motor vehicles on our roads.
1: Here, here, a good-hearted sentiment. Sticking with the uh, good-hearted sentiments, kind of, the Liverpudlian schoolteacher Gillian Go- Gillian Gubbins, oh dear, sorry, Gillian Gibbons, arrested in Sudan for allowing her class to name a teddy bear Mohammed, has been speaking to reporters after returning to the UK about the affair. Mrs. Gibbon's imprisonment caused shock and outrage around the world, with many seeing it, as a, uh, seeing it as a total overreaction by the Sudanese authorities. Inside Sudan, however, opinion went the other way, as Muslim hardliners lambasted her 15-day prison sentence and called for a retrial and even for her to be shot. No doubt they will be furious about her release after just eight days in prison. Her release was granted by Sudanese President al-Bashir following talks with two, Muslim, uh, two British Muslim peers – Mrs Gibbons told reporters that she had been very well treated whilst in prison, but that it was still terrifying. She says that she initially didn't want her family to know about her arrest so as to stop them worrying, but in fact she didn't actually realise just how big her story had become. The primary school teacher insists that she was very upset that she may have caused offence in Sudan, and that despite her ordeal, she was still very sorry to leave the country. Well,
0: I've actually heard conflicting reports as well, that although there were several hundred people gathering and calling for um, Mrs. Gibbons to have her hands chopped off or even be mm. shot, that actually there were other sections of uh, society in Sudan who were nothing but remorseful and felt, felt almost guilty for her imprisonment. Of course, yeah. Because yeah. They, whilst they see it as an offence to their own religion, they at the same time, as we do in England, tolerate mm. the... Uh, the, the um, misunderstanding, other misunderstanding that of other religions. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. I have heard that now um, certain members of the Sudanese government are thinking about um, reinitiating a sort of. Um, you know how we have in Britain we have a nationality test if you want to come to Britain they're now thinking of doing that and you know sort of you know what is acceptable and what isn't and apparently they used to have that in colonial times Sudan was part of the British colony and they're now thinking of uh, reintroducing that after this affair. Wow would
0: well, that be to do with um, religion mainly?
1: Then, I, I think it would be yes you know what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable in a Muslim society which I think you know is all to the good if it you know helps understanding and stops you know unfortunate events like these taking place again then it's all to the Good. Well,
0: exactly. it will help maintain peaceful relations and That's the learning.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, residents of what is considered to be the most isolated community in the world are seeking aid after the outbreak of an acute virus, threatened their livelihood. The tiny volcanic outpost of Tristan da Kuna is found in the middle of the South Atlantic, and many of its 271 British citizens have developed severe breathing problems and some fear medical supplies would, could run out. There is only one resident doctor, and it was he who calls for further supplies this week. The tiny island does not have an airstrip, which is making supply lines very difficult.
1: Mm. Well, how do you fancy having the freedom of the city of Bristol? You know, just imagine, you could get up to whatever you wanted to, traffic cones and statues, etc., etc., not of course that we are, you know... You know.
0: I heard a rumour, though, that that, does not, that actually applies to free pints. I was once told, if you're given the keys to a city... And every landlord in the city has to give you a free pint.
1: Well, you might, you know, you might want the freedom in the city even more now <laughs> after that. Well, two men will um, from today. You know, they will be able to do just that. Uh, Dr Don Cameron from Cameron Balloons, also heavily involved in the Bristol Balloon Fiesta, and Paul Stevens, a long-time supporter of equal opportunities for black people in the city, were honoured by Bristol City Council for their extraordinary contributions to our fair city.
0: Excellent. What do I have to do to get, get on this list then? Is that um, something a bit more in- impressive than what I'm doing at the moment?
1: I think so, maybe, Maybe we yes. take
0: first news to the, to the nation.
1: To that to a whole new level. Well, here it is. You heard yep. it here first.
0: Mm. In other local news, two lanes of M4 eastbound had to be closed yesterday following a lorry fire between Bristol and Bath, which caused hours of tailback. Not a, not a great way to spend your e- early evening. And-
1: no, I wouldn't want to be involved in that. That does sound fairly nasty. In showbiz news, Mum of the Year 2007 glamour model Jordan, a.k.a. the delightful Katie Price, has withdrawn a complaint to the Press Complaints Commission about last week's Heat magazine, which included a sticker saying, Harvey wants to eat me. Jordan's five-year-old son is blind and has a hormone problem which causes him to gain weight. Heat apologised to Jordan and husband Peter Andre, as well as to angry readers, and will donate to a charity which, uh, with which Katie and Peter have worked. What do you you know, what do you think about this? Well I think oh.
0: as much as Katie Price, Jordan or whatever she's named these days, just two inflatable pairs of breasts. She um
1: <laughs> Two she, pairs. Wow, that's <laughs> sorry, impressive. Sorry, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's doubled up. Well, um, yeah. Well as much as she does annoy me, I think that's actually just crass and rude by um yeah, by uh, heat magazine isn't It's no, it's no it's in no way appropriate and in, in no way funny, really. I
1: know, yeah, and yeah, have to say, having seen some of the opinions on various sort of celebrity message boards, it does make you wonder about who Heat's fans really are.
0: That's well, just a personal attack on someone with disability. Really. Exactly,
1: yeah, and he's a five-year-old boy who can't defend himself. it's cowardice. Despicable. <laughs> well, moving from mum of the year to shagger of the year. Unrelated. Hopefully, although you never know looking at these two, it's Russell Brand, I'm afraid, so okay. could well have been there. Um, Russell Brand has raised eyebrows yet again.
0: Does he raise even his own giant eyebrows?
1: Leave his eyebrows alone. <laughs> Um, Well, he's raised them, um, yet again, after suggesting a possible romance between him and Zara Phillips, who just happens to be the Queen's granddaughter. Um, The only problem about this new sort of little slip of Monsieur Brand was that he chose to say this at the Royal Variety performance, where the Queen was in attendance. So quite what she made, this you know, overdressed dandy proposing to her granddaughter, one doesn't know.
0: No, one would like to find out, though.
1: Yes, but apparently he does say that he shows respect to the Queen because every time he licks a postage stamp, he shuts his eyes.
0: Oh, that's, that's very courteous.
1: It is, isn't it? Very gentlemanly of him. Always knew he was a nice boy, really.
0: Moving on to sport. England have been set a difficult 350 run chase by Sri Lanka, thanks largely to a masterful innings of 152 by Kumar Sangakara. It was amazingly the fourth time in as many tough matches that Sangakkara had reached 150. England's hopes were further dented this morning as Alistair Cook departed after just one boundary. England only have themselves to blame for finding themselves in this tricky situation, as chances came and went, including the danger of Sangakkara, who was dropped on 98 by Bell. It seems more than likely that at this stage England will merely try to bat out the final day, which is always a challenge, when the, our all-time wicket-taker, Mattia Muralitharan is at the other end. Vaughan and his men will seek to keep things all square for the next test in Colombo. However, they could be without their primary strike bowler, Matthew Hoggard, as he limped out of the attack with a niggly back problem.
1: So what do England have to do to rescue the series?
0: Well, they're not down and out of this game just yet, although a fourth-innings run chase of 350 is quite a target. Um, basically the most important thing for England to do now is to to stifle Mattia Merlithran someone needs to take that man the little spin king, the spin wizard to the sword and the man to do it has got to be Kevin Peterson, England need Kevin Peterson to produce something special, he needs to slog, sweep, reverse sweep and just clobber Mattia all around the ground because otherwise if you let Merlithran dominate you he really will take you to the cleaners but we must not forget that we have our own very own little spin king, uh, the uh, Seek of tweak as he's affectionately known. What? Well, Monty Panassar ah, is, yes. um, is England's answer to retirement and if he can start finding the same bits of rough and pull out a couple of doostras, I know those are terms you might not be I was going to say,
1: I have no idea what you're talking about now, I'm just going to sit nodding and smiling. <laughs>
0: Um, then we can actually start taking a few more wickets and maybe in Colombo it can be a whole different story but another real problem England are facing this week was the fielding really needs to sharpen up you cannot afford to drop catches particularly Kumar Sangakara a man whose batting average this year it's somewhere I think it's triple figures at this stage the guy has as I said scored 150 in his in his last four games, which is quite a feat. I
1: presume that's fairly
0: impressive. It's very impressive, it is indeed. Only England had a batsman of that calibre. Ian Bell is in good form, mm. but we're going to need something special, I think. We're going to need a couple of centuries and we're going to need an anchor man to play through the innings. I don't know who the man is to do it. Maybe he's inspired Michael Vaughan or maybe even a Paul Collingwood with a nice gritty century. But anyway, we'll see. Moving back to the world of the, the sad. Sad grey English world of domestic football.
1: Ah, that I slightly understand, but only slightly.
0: Well, Newcastle goalkeepers have leapt to the defence of their under fire manager Sam Allardyce, denying the allegations of a player's revolt, both claiming they had been part of a delegation unhappy with Big Sam's practices. Celtic hope to keep the Scottish flag flying in the Champions League tonight as they travel to the San Siro to face Italian giants AC Milan. Milan have already qualified for the knockout stages, and Celtic only need a draw to see them progress as well. Milan are without Brazilian striker Ronaldo, but recently crowned European Player of the Year, Kaka is expected to feature, and has been singled out as their main threat. Meanwhile, back in our fair city, Bristol City look to continue their good run of form when they face Ipswich at Ashton Gate tonight. And Bristol Rovers face a derby game, also at home against Cheltenham. So a lot of sport around uh, Bristol it, this evening. There's a gonna, lot of
1: sporty actually. Are you going to be there? making your
0: way down to Ashton Gate or the Memorial Ground?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm sure I can find a bit of time. Why not?
0: I've actually been told. I uh, spoke to someone at the uh, press office today, mm, and it's, at you. it's eight pounds for students. Wow! At, at, but I believe at both the grounds. So uh, well worth checking out if you're uh, if you've got your deadlines. If you haven't got any deadlines in front of you, and yeah. uh, You don't fancy just going out for a few beers, go doing something a bit more interesting, a bit more cultural. Can we call it
1: cultural? Um. Yeah, I think we've probably can you know yeah. it's you can certainly uh, you know observe the various life forms that live around bristol well, I think, think bit that so, way. Yeah, I think it's definitely
0: worth checking out. I've been I've been twice already to Bristol Rovers this season. They're, they're a fairly tidy outfit. Unfortunately, they've lost both games I've seen, but then uh, they well, were playing Bournemouth, so that's understandable because Bournemouth is are it? A, oh. a very impressive team. <laughs> okay, who I slightly unbiasedly support. Oh, so.
1: <laughs> there's no sort of home connection there. of <laughs> Not course. at is all. There? Not
0: even vaguely. Well, talking on another cultural level, mm. we had the Turner Prize last night, didn't we?
1: In fact, we did. Yes. Who won it? Well, tell us who won. Well, it was the very well known Mark Wallinger. Am I pronouncing that right? I've got I've no got idea. Well, Mark Wallinger won want it. And
0: he actually lost out in 1995 to Damien Hirst. But his short film, of, which is, I, I'm not connected to the world of art. I, I can't vouch for this. But it was, t- it was him dressed as a bear spending ten nights in a Berlin gallery. Um, and he made this into a film. Fair and enough. And he won a internationally acclaimed art prize with it.
1: And how much money did he win with that art prize? I believe he won £25,000. Mm, not bad, not bad. Not
0: bad for ten nights work.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is that you know, all the uh, the tabloids, Huff and Grump, and there's lots of, you know, honestly, they call this art. The Turner Prize now is renowned for not really being what most people on the street would consider art. And there's no point now, I think, expecting it to be you know nice, pretty paintings and a few... Canvases. Well, yeah, although
0: I, I, I particularly enjoyed the one, uh, I can't remember who, who it was by, but someone did There Will Be No Miracles Here, spelt out in light bulbs.
1: In fact, yes, yeah. I,
0: I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was a shooting mm. for a victory, but um, sadly not.
1: Apparently not. Well, I believe it was last year's winner, I think possibly the year before, a Mr. Grayson Perry, um, if anyone knows him, he is the, I believe, he's a fairly middle-aged man who likes to dress up as a 10-year-old girl okay. and um, makes sexually explicit pottery.
0: Wow, that's... um.
1: The yes. Turner Prize clearly takes all sorts, doesn't <laughs> well, it? Well,
0: yes, indeed.
1: Do you want to hear about what's going on in the world of weather?
0: Um, probably not, given that we live in Bristol. But no, uh, tell you, us really, anyway. you
1: really don't, actually. I'm afraid it's going to rain Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Heavy rain, t- maximum ten- temperature of about 13 degrees C, so not very nice. So in,
0: there might not even be a chance of football being on tomorrow. Well, no. That's, that's uh, wholeheartedly disappointing, in fact.
1: That is, in fact, yes. Shall we have some music? I think we should.
0: This has been Burst News, your news, and more news. And I'd like to leave you with Your Love Alone Is Not Enough by the Manic Street Preachers.
1: Good night.